and welcome to Fresh Pressed for September 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about Badia, the best songs of September. Wow, how long have you had that prepared, Andrew? A week. Okay, that makes sense because we are recording this on the 29th of September. Yeah, Yeah, okay, I guess eight days. Fair enough, fair enough. But that was pretty good. Um, The great segue into our September recap uh, situation that is being caused as the August recap was by my absence from America. Yeah, and you can tell you've been absent from America because your English is, it's being caused by. Ugh, what? What's wrong with you? Listen, passive voice is all the rage in Europe. Okay. Now, September was a month full of music, as many... (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, So as we did before in August, we are going to just stick with new music that has come out over the past month on this show. So Andrew and I have each brought two songs that came out sometime in the last two months. Excuse me, in the last month. month. Gabe, you're doing a bad job. I think we're going to be fine. This is a September recap, and let's start talking about music now. Great. Andrew, what'd you bring? (laughs) Okay, so my first song that I want to talk about is uh, by Nico Headley. It is off his album Painterly that came out on the 3rd of September and uh, this song is entitled It Gets Easy. They say it gets easy, but I would know rushing like a summer day to the snow. It don't feel like losing does it well they say it gets easy but i wouldn't know (laughs) so nico headley is uh this this album came out on whatever's clever uh because nico headley is a friend and uh longtime musical collaborator of friend of the pod ben seratan that is how i i learned of of the existence of this album and i'm very glad about it i did mention it in a tweet on the third when it came out because it was Bandcamp friday at which point i did purchase the digital album and uh i said then that you'd probably hear about it in this recap episode and here we are i love to see that consistency andrew also this is a very consistently andrew song oh absolutely the whole album is ben actually said it pretty well um, he says it's sweet and sad and twangy and bashing in all the right ways. I certainly hear all of those elements. Yeah, it's a gorgeous album. Has this very and this is definitely a, a very emblematic song. It's it's got this like country folky feeling to it, um, but is also approached really carefully. I can't remember who. Maybe it was that small album's uh, Twitter account, but someone said like painterly is is a really good title for this album. Because, um, you know, the, the aesthetics are, are this very, like, sad and twangy and bashing and all that stuff. But it is also very uh, carefully put together, I think. And um, all the components come together really, really well in a painterly way. 
it feels like the guitar is really sketching a specific landscape to me around all of that twanging and sort of uh, Americana country primitive style thing. Yeah, and, and the lyrics, too, go along with that, I think. I mean, there's a line, a sense of a winding, dark country road, which is like, okay. But it's not to say that the whole thing is like, it's not, it's not like cliche. Um, because the following line is beautiful and not like that at all, which is lying down on the hardwood hand on the phone, which is just like a, a really evocative image, I think. And a sense of a winding dark country road lying down on the hardwood hand on the of a darkness that to the bone. Where I really enjoy this song is where it sort of... I love songs like this that do this particular thing. I, I usually describe that particular thing as blossoming, like when, when a song really, you know, expands beyond uh, its relatively humble beginnings right this feels a little more i mean blossoming feels almost like too gentle for the way that this it like bursts open in like the second half of this song you know what i mean it absolutely does i don't know that i have a good way to extend the metaphor of blossoming to i don't know seeds flying full force off the dandelion sort of action that we have here okay i mean that was pretty good that's something. Okay, well, we'll go with it. Um, but it's really spectacular. I can't say I was super into the song until that moment happened. Yeah, I can. I can imagine that the sort of um, the like rubato country <laughs> introspection is not exactly your vibe. But I do know that uh, those fucking saxophones are your vibe. Absolutely. Also, there is a. In that section where the song opens up, there is a really interesting like background guitar solo underneath everything that like counterpoints to the vocal melody. Counterpoints probably isn't the right word, Andrew. Music maybe. No, it's but, just you know not a I mean. verb. I don't think that runs counter to. How's that? Sure. Well, but that's sort of. I don't know. It acts as a yeah, counterpoint. but it goes along with. So it's not like. It's not like yeah. antithetical to it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's why runs counter doesn't seem. Anyway, I know what you mean. Yeah, that plus that these like very like chaotic feeling. I think it's th- those saxophones that like make it feel <laughs> that make me not want to say blossoms because there's like a violence to them um, or maybe not a violence, but like an angst to it that feels a little uh, more stronger of a gesture than than a blossom. Um, but it's it's really gorgeous and powerful. And the lyrics in that second half are also gorgeous in a, in a way that is different from those the, the first section. It's, it's just a series of questions. And, I mean, this song is about missing someone who has moved on. The lines here are, uh, is it easy for you or are you really scared? Are they all reminders wherever you look or are they even there? Is it all horizon or is it closing in? Is it fading softly or is it thickening? Does he say it simple? Is it sweet and clear? Does he let you wander inside for a time? Is it lovely there? 
Gabe, what's your first track? Well, you were talking about violence so much on this <laughs> last. Yeah. So maybe I'll go with the song titled Violence by Ada Leah called off the album called One Hand on the Steering Wheel, the other Sewing a Garden. which I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Andrew, do you know? I absolutely don't. I My, my brain said Ada Lee, but I think that's just because I uh, do a lot of crossword puzzles and L-E-A meaning meadow uh, is a very common <laughs> crossword. <laughs> it sure is. But it is the moniker of Montreal-based singer-songwriter Alexandra Levy. And this is her second length or second full length record that she's put out under this name. The last one came out, I believe, in 2019. She says that this album is broadly inspired uh, as like a semi autobiographical piece of her time in Montreal and um, and placing all of these songs in different moments or or locations in the city. Um, Now, I haven't been to Montreal, unlike you, Andrew, so. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily you know resonate with me. I know it well, but um, I, I thought that was um, a beautiful way of putting it. And um, you know, you and I are both fond of other Canadian singer songwriters that really focus on one specific place in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, she also references that like this album was inspired by the Neapolitan novels from Elena Ferrante, which I think is. Very interesting because I'm halfway through reading that quartet of novels, which is excellent, by the way, if anybody wants a book recommendation. Andrew, I know that you were also very into this album and this specific song. Yes. Um, And it does very much kind of land on our notes as music lovers and people interested in music. Um, And maybe that's best described by like the people who were involved in the record other than Alexandra Levy, um, such as Tom Berlin, who did the, some mm. of the backing vocals, and multiple people who are like in the Phoebe Bridgers band playing on this album. So I think that sort of covers a pretty large range of music that certainly I'm interested in. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Stereo Gum, like the first line of their article about this album was like a comparison to Katie Kirby. Okay, well. But it's, I mean, it, it basically is that. It, it hits my notes as somebody who enjoys like indie folk singer-songwriter music really perfectly. Um, I don't know, just like from the opening, like slidey sort of slightly dissonant guitars. I just love that guitar sound because it's like has a uh, like a light like a very light distortion element on top of it, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah, just adds like that mix of tender but gritty that I think I really enjoy in this kind of music. Like, I don't want something that is just like perfectly, um, yeah, gentle. 
although I know you enjoy that more, Andrew, but mm. uh, the, like the edge of the distortion is good. And I think it previews what ends up happening in this song, which is, again, this sort of opening up idea that we discussed on It Gets Easy and that we've discussed a hundred times before on this podcast. I'm flying This is the second to last song on the album. Uh, on the album, um, there are other really spectacular songs. The first and last songs on this album, "Damn" and "Hurt," I believe, um, are also wonderful. Although I think they're both singles and not quite eligible for our September deadline. But this was also, I think, just such a standout song. Yeah, I think I particularly love in when it switches to like the chorus and then like the guitars go into like this really uh quarter note sort of um, steady like rhythm that's hitting on every beat and i think the lyrics on the song are uh also really lovely the verses are like focused in this what appears to be some sort of abusive relationship specifically centered around the idea of violence and maybe physically so and then the chorus when everything opens up and you get like sort of this whole lift and the chorus is all about escape. Um, and I, I really just love that like lyrical contrast that fits exactly with the music. I'm flying out of here tonight like a butterfly and I'm keeping in mind you'll be chasing behind. Also, you know, we did, um, <laughs> we did a podcast about this, Andrew, about like the guitar solo. And we get one here, which is still sort of like, I feel like is a sort of a rare bird in the music that we listen to. Mm -hmm. And then everything cuts out for like this final set of lines, which sort of lends a pretty explicit moral to the song. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned, there's a term called resilience. And I hope to recognize it next time in the face of violence. Andrew, tell us about the second song that you chose for September. The second song that I have is by uh, an artist known as Mini Trees uh, from an album out on uh, September 17th called Always in Motion. This is the track Youth. <laughs> So I did not know who Many Trees was until September 15th. 
um, when I saw her open for Julian Baker um, two days before her album came out. Wow. This is her her debut uh, full length. Uh, her name is Lexi Vega. She's from Southern California. Yeah, and I was really, really impressed with her music. I was, I was just really amazed by it. Loved seeing her live. It was just her on uh, guitar and some uh, programmed beats, um, plus a friend of hers on keys and singing harmony. It, it led me to, I have now purchased a ticket to see Tasha in December, and uh, in part because Mini Trees is opening for her as well. So, <laughs> uh, I don't blame you. This album is fantastic, um, and I'm very jealous that you got to see her live. She uh, has previously been a drummer in a variety of different projects, although I don't know what any of those projects are. And she uh, has put out a couple EPs over the last couple of years, but this, as I said, is her her debut full length, Always in Motion, um, on Run for Cover. Um, she, uh, <laughs> Gabe, you're gonna like this. On her uh, Bandcamp page, she describes her music as living room pop. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I dig like it a lot. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's well I don't know who knows what even what even bedroom pop means uh living room pop is nothing but it does feel right to me um and I don't know I mean this is a very me album and an extremely me song on this album <laughs> it really is it's just it's beautiful I love the guitar the this the like muted uh guitar strumming that that goes through this whole song um, it's so lovely and it um and delicate and it and it accompanies her voice really well um and then there's also i think banjo in there that is not at the forefront is just adding some like twangy little glimmer in there um to the guitar it, it's it's just like a beautiful layering of strings Her lyrics are, of course, poignant and and lovely. But I, I think the thing that, that really draws me in is the way that she sings those lyrics, um, specifically her use of rhythm. She takes a lot of care in singing each word and giving it its own intention and value, which makes the words stick in my mind. Um, I need to give an example to make this make sense. When she says the title line the first time, I lost my sense of wonder in my youth. She holds out the first syllable of wonder and uh, the word in as well, just like a little bit longer than, um, than the like triplet feel that uh, the song is in. And that just gives it just a little bit more emphasis just to stretch out the vocal melody while the accompaniment continues on. It 
just pulls you in so nicely. And I, I don't know even how like conscious of a choice that is. Um, or if she's just like extremely intelligent musically and does that naturally. But I just latch on to the way that she um, stretches and, and contracts the lengths of words and syllables in this song. Um, it just makes the, the words so much more powerful and memorable and unique to me um, than even like if, if someone were singing the same song, but just in with regular rhythm. Does yeah, that make any sense to you? It absolutely does. There's something so captivating about her singing that I had trouble putting my finger on listening to the record. And I think you did well to sort of, yeah, find some analysis there that actually meant something. Uh, all I have is like, it sort of reminds me of snail mail in the way that yeah, uh, her, her, her vocals like somehow really pull me in, even though I can't really capture why she has such a excellent musical sense also of fitting her vocal style with like the instrumentation Um, which sometimes i can feel like there's a disconnect there but it really just matches so perfectly yeah i think that's true i think there is a production aspect and i think that's also true of snail mail i think that's a good comparison there is sort of the way that and look i i can sort of bs my way through that that rhythmic analysis but i can't bs my way through the production analysis but i agree (laughs) that the effect of it is uh really um enrapturing is maybe the word i want to go with it just pulls you in rapturous we'll set aside whether or not that is a word it definitely definitely is not but enrapture is a word rapturous is certainly a word so let's go with rapturous Beautiful. Raptorous. It's just like a raptor. Gabe, what's your other song that you want to talk about? I want to introduce you to the song Never Had It Better by Matthew E. White off his new record, K-Bay. Space B A Y. Sure, it's not K by. No, I'm not sure. Okay, me neither. Uh, Matthew E. White had fallen completely off my radar for eight years. So when I saw that he had a record coming out, I was like, is that who I think it is? Nah, but let me listen to it anyway. And then I was like, oh, this is the same guy because his voice is super distinct. Uh, I remember listening to one of his earliest 
like published recordings um, called the Outer Space or sorry, Outer Face EP um, that he put out in like 2013 and like playing it at a radio station and having a friend show it to me there. And I always like remember like his like whole style of singing combined with his voice is like so like laid back and jazzy in some ways. And uh, I just love his vocals. Um, so Matthew E. White is based out of Richmond, Virginia, although he spent some time as a child with missionary parents in the Philippines for like six years or something like that. He runs his own label called the Space Bomb Label, which is a wonderful name for a label. And has worked with a variety of artists like uh, like on the production side and also maybe as like a band member side, um, including um, Justin Vernon, which I think very much makes sense. And also mm-hmm. Mountain Goats and Sharon Van Etten. And he was involved in like the North Carolina community for a while. He actually... Um, did some work putting on an exhibition with my university before I was there um, at, at Duke, um, which is very cool. And this is his fifth full-length album, so I've missed a bunch of the ones in between. But I'm glad that I've caught this one. <laughs> Andrew, do you, as um, the son of a man who really likes Philly soul music... Mm-hmm. Do you really like this maximalist sort of jazzy style of of production and musical composition? I like it. I don't love it. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what I figured. Um the Yeah, the, like, I the like phrase... like I like the funkiness that is that is the underlying funk, you know, but yeah, um, it does feel a little too much for me. That's sort of how I feel about this whole album. Actually, is it feels like a little too much for me to really vibe with it, although I enjoy it and respect it. Totally get that. It is a lot. The whole album from top to bottom, like the first three songs are also the, the three singles off the album, which uh just they just like come at you and come at you and come at you um and there is one song on this album that i wanted to talk about um because i I think i should mention it um maybe why i didn't bring it um called only in america um where he does this um sort of um song about how america mistreats um people of color and then does like the names of the the various people who have been killed by the police in the united states over the last whatever decade um which is like sort of the one time that the album calms down i wanted to bring it up because i think it's an important moment on the album because um, I don't think it works. I think it's sort of forced. And uh, I was reading some other people's opinions on it, and I really resonated with like the Pitchfork uh, review, which I do not always do, um, which sort of said that it was unearned. 
Um, like in, in fact that the rest of the album is not political in any way. Um, like this song, which I think is a wonderful, really fun song, is a love song. And it's the song that comes immediately, immediately after that one, which is sort of a jarring transition in the album. And I think that sort of transition can contribute to the album feeling like it's too much sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. But I think especially taken in uh, bite-sized chunks or alone, like this song rocks. And I think it's a yeah. really beautiful uh, like love song that's got so much funk and and so much like horns and strings that all let loose. Uh, people like keep describing uh, his music as like very Stax era R&B influenced. Um, Stax was like a label mm-hmm. in I guess the 70s. Didn't we talk sort of... about Stax at length? Yeah. As like counter point? to Motown or like the right, second yeah. label alongside Motown. <laughs> actually really glad that you picked this song because i had listened to this album like nah this is a little too much for me and just sort of set it aside um but because you picked this song from it i listened to the song again and i was like oh i really like this i need to listen to this album again um and like give it another shot and that allowed me to appreciate it better so i i do i'm glad that you you brought it Yeah, one interesting side effect of doing this podcast has been being able to listen to music through your ears. And I sort of sounds like you are doing that with me. Um, Well, which lets me relax. Like, I don't think I would have brought a song like Violence Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago or whatever. Maybe you're just you're just introducing me to better music, Andrew. What can I say? No, I don't know. You know, um, to say. I just wanted to also just point out some of the lyrical beauty that I have in this song because it's um, it really there's um a key change that happens and all these strings come in and there's this incredible bridge section that I just absolutely adore the lyrics from. Sometimes when the night is warm but the wind is cold, when my mind is young but my body's old, and the light is dancing like a swarm of bees, I know all we were given is shadows and dreams. In a lot of other musical contexts, I think those lyrics would be too much. But like set into like this bombastic bridge section mm-hmm. of an like a bombastic album, uh, I think it works perfectly. And it just like keeps going from there. Like there's a line, and mine was an incandescent grove of rubies. What a phrase, an incandescent grove <laughs> of rubies. Uh, 
Andrew. So I have seen some live music, but it's been more of the uh, classical symphonic variety here in Europe. Yeah, nerd music. You know, they don't have uh, quote-unquote contemporary popular music like we listen to normally. But it sounds like you've been to some shows that do fit that label. I have, yeah. I've been to a few. My first one at the beginning of September was Duran Jones and the Indications, whom I have seen before, um, but it was great to see them again. They're really excellent performers. um, And uh, the two women who were standing next to me were fawning over Aaron Fraser, the, the drummer and one of the two vocalists. Every single time that he was singing, they were like, I cannot believe how good his voice is. And he's playing drums at the same time. It's great. <laughs> I mean, also accurate. Yeah. Um, and then I saw a uh, an all Philly show, um, Hurry and Gladdy and Slaughter Beach Dog. Um, wow. Really excellent show. Um, great to see Gladdy, who I was supposed to see at the boot. Um a year or more ago and um you know slaughter beach dogs encore was phoenix which is one of my favorite songs of theirs um and uh makes me very emotional so that was great um then i saw julian baker uh obviously i was a big fan of one of the two openers mini trees um but also the other opener was tao win which was fucking incredible um uh, she's a great performer um, and then, of course, uh, Julian was was awesome and also mentioned the boot and saddle because apparently she was uh, sh- that was her first show in Philly. And someone was like, rest in peace. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, um, and then the last show that I saw in September was uh, Soccer Mommy um, with Squirrel Flower opening. Both really awesome. Great set design from Soccer Mommy. There were like these tv like like old tv kind of light box things and yellow and with yellow and blue screens um stacked up on the sides of the stage and then there's like yellow blue and um gray banners all of the colors of color theory um Mm. and that one i did have to uh break out the earplugs for because it was loud as fuck yeah i've seen her open and she just like way amps the volume up yeah it's like crazy like the other two of those other shows that i saw were at the same venue and it was just like i don't know why it was so fucking loud it was great though um but yeah and i have a bunch more shows uh planned for october actually i have one left in september but it's on the 30th so i'll tell you about that next month Mm, so jealous sounds amazing so good to see live music sort of back uh for better or worse it's really nice i'm sure to be in venues um there were some other albums that were released in september gabe do you want to do a quick rundown of other stuff that you listened to and enjoyed this month i absolutely would love to do that i would like to open with something a bit bigger which is uh the little sims album sometimes i might be introvert Mm -hmm. which i had been really anticipating after um she released the single woman it's just uh, she's an incredible hip hop artist and rapper, and it's such an incredible exploration of an album. And I just, I just loved it. I really loved it. Um, one of my favorites, Andy Schaff, put out an album called Wilds um, last week. 
that is sort of a companion to uh, last year's The Neon Skyline. It's a bunch of songs. He wrote like 50 songs for that album, and these are some of the ones that he didn't end up putting on the album. They are sort of in the like uh, Judy canon. Um, it's a really, really nice... Uh, there's some really good songs on there. Um, there was a beautiful like jazz vocal album that came out at the beginning of the month called Black Acid Soul from Lady Blackbird. Um, that is great for sort of that quiet cafe vibe or walking along a river. Real nice. You're up with your cafes and rivers. Um, Corey Henry put out an album called Best of Me. Corey Henry is, um, I'll say it, one of the best keyboardists alive. Um, he's fucking incredible, and this is a great album of very sexy, very funky, uh, keyboard-driven grooves with some very nice solos. Um, I loved the album from Korean artist Park Hyjin. That is mm. like, I don't know, uh, like some sort of weird extension of lo-fi into more hip-hop and the Korean sort of rap scene, which is like extremely laid back vocally uh but so good yeah um there was an album that i just listened to uh this morning uh called the gaping mouth by lower town uh which is really cool album art which is uh, one of the reasons why i was like this looks good um and it's really cool it's really nice it was it was lovely to uh, start my day with it there was a a southern country album called a southern gothic that is very black as in like dark in styling, um, which I thought was really good from Adia Victoria. Um, it really opened strong and there is uh, some Jason Isbell cameos on the guitar in there. Loved it. Uh, there's a new album from Jose Gonzalez called Local Valley. If you like Jose Gonzalez, then you'll like this album because this is an extremely Jose Gonzalez album and it's, uh, you know, as always, very good. Yeah, and speaking of better-known artists that put out albums that are very much in their brand. Sufjan has a new record, Andrew, called yeah, with Angelo Mind. Augustine. Yeah, which is great. I really enjoyed a solo acoustic guitar album uh, from Hayden Pedigo uh, called Letting Go. I listened to an album that like biting indie pop from Colleen Green called Cool that I loved. Uh, Anna B. Savage put out an EP called These Dreams um, that has some some fucking jams. So that's another good one from, uh, you know, one of my top artists of the year so far. Um, I liked the album from Low called Hey What in all capitals, um, which definitely leans into sort of the maximalist's uh, very harmonic vibe and um, dual vocalists which is always fun there's an album from Ashley Shadow called Only the End which is sort of folky rock-ish uh, really nice stuff and I really liked sort of um, an album Andrew that Andrew definitely wouldn't like um, <laughs> called I've Been Trying to Tell You from Saint Etienne um, which is sort of like electronic-y pop but dissonant in some ways and overwhelming in others i don't know i i thought it was really good though jessica hoop who's uh, an artist who i really enjoy uh put out has been over the past several years been putting out uh sort of like 
re um almost like like unplugged versions of past albums of hers so she had an album called the house that jack built and this is called the deconstruction of jack's house um it's this really excellent just sort of like broken down versions of uh one of my favorite of her albums it's 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 awesome so you should have a long list of albums and a few really good songs to listen to to get you through october before andrew and i are back you can follow us on twitter at fresh pressed pod um we also have a spotify playlist with our picks from the year um, that you can find in the show notes andrew and i will be back at the end of October sometime with uh, an update for October, I believe. Um, yep, but that would be the as month always... that happens between now and the end of October. Oh, damn, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so you should stay tuned for that. But for now, my name is Gabe. My name is Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Pressed. Fresh Pressed.